Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And in today's episode, oh my god, I've not got my notes up. One second, in today's episode, why won't my face ID work? Oh my god, oh my god. In today's it's episode... because you've got no fringe, it's like, who is this? <laughs> who is this bitch? <laughs> uh, in today's episode, we are reading chapter 30 of Order of the Phoenix. So grab a glass of your favourite mixed random alcoholic beverage, shaking it, just, just pull the dregs out the cupboard and mix them together, because that's what we drunk. And join us on this reminiscent journey. Hello. Hi. How are you? Great. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm good. Actually, do you ever not for a while consider how you are? All the time. I never consider how I am. Oh, I, I spend too much time considering how I am. I think it's one of my leading reasons why I'm depressed and anxious because I spend so much time wondering if I am. And actually, I had not thought about it in a few days. I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah, great. You good. know, bit stressed. I think Charlie came down to, <laughs> around today nearly witnessed a domestic. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah tensions were high i've just got a lot going on there's a lot of cleaning to do yeah hannah's like i'm going on holiday and i'm very stressed <laughs> yeah does anyone else not get super stressed before a holiday to <laughs> be i i was gonna judge you then but literally i'm so stressed about our holiday uh so hey I guys if you've you. ever wondered whether booking multiple covid tests pre post for a holiday is 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 fun it's not it no no. So I've made Hannah do it. <laughs> I've made Charlie sort the money. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with the money. <laughs> She's like, get us some cash. I don't care. So we are on to chapter 30, Order of the Phoenix. Wow. Yeah. We're nearing the end of the book, man. Shut up. Shut up. I say we're nearing the end of the book. The amount of words we have left, I still think is less than a Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're technically nearing the end of the book. Nearing the end of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always like knowing how long. Like, you hit... It. So, yeah, the chapter we're about to hit is set over one day. Like, for the rest of the book, basically. Yeah. Which I always yeah. find that weird when you get to that point. For sure. For shizzle. Right, so... Mm. <laughs> Did you really just say for shizzle? <laughs> yeah, I say it all the time. It's my, it's my phrase. So, we have some new patrons to welcome to the Patreon. Are so, you... a ferocious thank you to Freya. A Megan the Stallion size thank you to Meg. A Leonardo da Vinci size thank you to Leah. A G.O.D. Campo size thank you to G.O.D. La Pella. An egg size thank you to Erin. I was thinking egg. That's so weird. Weird. I was literally thinking Freaky. egg. I was about to say, say egg. I said egg. A Hogwarts size thank you to another Hannah. Team Hannah, team Hannah, team Hannah. And a Sahara Desert size thank you to Samantha. All of those have, all of those, all of those have joined our Patreon and get access to all our different bonus extra content and our discord nice fun things sometimes happen <laughs> super fun things we also have a review to read out this one comes from banishka that says finding my way back to harry potter the goblet of mulled wine christmas bonus episode was everything i'm constantly smiling when i listen to your podcast thank you for getting drunk and being funny i put this one in purely because i feel like our christmas um bonus apps don't get enough also um, which one there are now are there two or three now yeah, there must be like three. Whoa. Yeah, 
no we haven't been doing it that long they're not no, three there's no, two because we've done the fanfic thing twice in the first year we did the like wow, quiz wow there's three yeah. yeah which one do you mean yeah I always feel like we don't get enough love for our Christmas bonus episodes yeah. which like fair enough people who are listening in consecutive order skip over them but I'm telling you guys go back and listen to them once you're I done think- with consecutive order because to me they're some of our funniest yeah. episodes i think the first and the second ones we did were like some of our funniest episodes Just trash the third <laughs> the third was still good but i think that we were quite rushed when we did it yeah we did so have a lot to do that day yeah, yeah. so it wasn't as good but it was yeah. still good but the yeah, first like, one we were hammered in we were so drunk but yeah i know why people skip over them because they're listening in order but honestly go back and listen yeah, and a lot of people just care about like the narrative of harry potter but Ew. if you're one of those people that enjoy us as people for some bizarre reason then go listen to them. or if you enjoy like literally smashed people screaming yes then and yeah we come up with our own fan fiction challenge um yeah i think they're great i think they're great i agree uh do you want to ask me what we're drinking today yeah what are we drinking because like just giant yikes when you bought it in i mean yikes for two reasons the first one being that this contains a lot of red bull and it is currently quarter to nine on a random tuesday not the time when i want to be drinking red bull and second yikes because you bought it in and it's like a deep luminous green (laughs) so this comes from one of our new producer level patrons hannah my people my people and it is called an irish trash can now what i would like you to do oh god what i would like you to do is take a sip of the irish trash can and tell me what you think is in the irish trash can hang on i'm gonna do the wine thing i'm gonna oh because that will help i'm, I'm like circling Jim, it in my please glass please don't spill that on my floor i think it's quite sticky i've had, so had to... it mostly smells of red bull but then there's something quite fruity to it as well um red bull honestly will only ever make me think of because i don't drink it I so don't drink only it. ever just like jaeger bombs yeah, and therefore university yep you know, horrible clubs, sticky floors. Or us two when we're on a night out. And uh, yeah, that gets one random like... summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what isn't in that? <laughs> Try to identify. Try to tell me the notes. Tell me the notes of what's in the Irish Okay, trash going off the smell, I feel like there is some cheap white, probably vodka, like some white spirit in there. Ding, 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 I can vodka. smell the like uh, It's actually not the cheap vodka because I didn't have any. So you've actually got vanilla vodka in there, which is not oh. part of the Irish trash can. It's just the only vodka I, I can, had. I can actually smell that. I okay. would have added that as a so, so ding, 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 you have one. Do you want me to give you a hint of how many ingredients you have to guess? One, two, three, four, five, six on fuck? top of the Red Bull. You have one so far. Blue chorus. Blue curacao. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Do you want me to tell you or do you want to oh, keep wait, guessing? Oh wait, WKD? No. Really? No, WKD. Okay, I give up. Okay, so it is meant to contain four full shots and two half shots. Because it is a Tuesday night, I did four <laughs> half shots and two quarter shots. Um, so we have blue curacao, mm-hmm. gin, okay, light rum, which I didn't have any of, so I used light spiced rum. I can't taste that at all. Vodka, then half peach snaps and triple sec, and then a uh, half a can of Red Bull. And that is the delicacy known as the Irish trash can. I have not tried it yet. <laughs> this tastes like what it is, which is one of those drinks that they give you at those student bars. But yeah. they use like the cheapest, like uh, we've used what we have in our cupboard, which isn't the cheapest of everything. But I- I- in university, it would have had the undercurrent of paint stripper. Oh, yeah. But, with but the that's, blue- what I could, that's how I knew vodka was in mm. there because I could smell paint stripper. So good. Well, that was absolute vanilla, mate. Yeah, but then I, I could get the second bit. I feel like you smell the vodka and you smell the vanilla separately. You don't yeah. smell vanilla uh, vodka. You smell each 
is two separate scents. So it doesn't taste like this, but the mem mems it is giving me is um this is not my university, it's actually Neil's university, but I used to spend a lot I've of time. I've heard legends about this to the point I'm like determined to go. Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time there actually the year after I left university because Neil did four years and that's when we were going out. So I used to spend a lot of time after there the year after I left university. And one of the main bars in town used to do this drink called Eliminator, which had loads of just your bottom shelf cheapest spirits. Mm. And this was Warwick, by the way, just in case anyone uh, lives near us at University of Warwick and, you know, wants to Yeah, this indulge. was in uh, Leamington Spa. It was in Kelsey's. And it's all the spirits from the bottom shelf, blue curacao and orange juice. Yikes. And something about it would not make you feel drunk that quickly, probably because orange juice actually has like calories and sugar in it. But then yeah. you would wake up just not feeling great the next day. And it was very acidic, so it would give you a lot of heartburn. And this Ooh. is giving me those vibes, yeah. but with Red Bull instead of the orange juice. Mm. I feel like this would be like a good pre-drink drink yeah. for when you do want to get absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. No, it is meant to be... This was meant to be five full shots in here. Mm. We're on to chapter 30. Grop. Gop. Grop. Gop. <laughs> Hannah just ingested her pop filter. So... It transpires that Fred and George have transformed the corridor into a swamp. And Umbridge can't remove it, so they are punting children across it. <laughs> Just this use of language. I know it means like Oxford and Cambridge <laughs> yeah. punting along the river. But the other use of the word punting is to kick. And in I my like head, it's more like drop kick. Drop kick. <laughs> you like you drop that you punt something is to drop kick it. And I'm like Oh, it would just be so great if Filch was drop kicking the yeah. child. Like, can you imagine at first you just wee like some sort of magical drop kick? I'm just like so confused. I think because I just have like a really strong mental image of like Hogwarts, but I'm confused by like the hallway layout that there just isn't like another corridor they could go down. I guess like if it was one of the really long ones, but I guess in my mind I'd always kind of pictured this on like a short corridor between classrooms. Oh, see, I imagine Hogwarts like the first maybe four floors to have a main corridor that is very wide and big that all the main classrooms come off. And yeah. then all of the other corridors are quite like narrow around the back and aren't really used. And then as you get further up or further down, it gets more passageway-y. But like the main four floors just have big wide corridors with like door, 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 door. Yeah, I, I picture it like I, I do like in the in the first few films when it's like essentially like a square with a hollowed out middle, which is like the the stairs. I like that, but that's not how I picture it. I picture it just like I think you get those kind of scenes, particularly in the middle films with like the room of requirements, where it's quite like a short hallway, and I kind of picture it like a bunch of those like parallel hallways. Oh, uh, no, um, I would picture it differently, yeah. Yeah, but I guess I guess even if it was parallel ones, as long as you d did it to the one going the length ways, yeah. then it yeah. would still fuck it, shit up. It would but... be so much fun to have some sort of thing where like everyone could, in like an accurate way, draw out or like picture in film what their idea of Hogwarts looks mm. like. Because although it was in the films, I think that Hogwarts in the books is so much more rich and so much more yeah. explained. That, and, it does... and I think that everyone has their own individual idea though because it's not explained enough to the point where it's like, oh, this corridor yeah. turns left and something's there. And it does change quite a lot in the film. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like one of the things I'll never get back is picturing the casting. 
before I saw it. But one of the things that, because it changes quite a lot in the films, but it's Hogwarts, like, for me, that's kind of like a blank slate. Yeah, same. Like, I really don't picture Hogwarts as it is in the films. Very, like, maybe a couple of bits of it, but mostly it's how I picture it inside my own head. And I've always had this very, very, very specific idea of how uh, the entrance hall and the great hall and the staircase looks and i remember once trying to explain it to a friend and she was like that's so different from how i imagine it and i was like really like what's in my head is hogwarts Mm. and like that weirds me out that what's in everyone's head is a different hogwarts yeah it's kind of nice so speaking of like kind of head cannons and like casting and stuff this is slightly a tangent but i literally the other day it was when i was on my way back from my parents was opposite a guy on the tube that like i just looked at him and i was like that is harry potter and like i've always a, a child or an adult no like man. like a like adult kind of probably like early 20s oh, okay. i i've never had like a ethnicity in mind when it comes to harry yeah because obviously we have him like white in the films but like i'm i'm really open to all kinds of interpretations of like harry is like you know a black guy or like harry is um like south asian or like yeah, anything yeah. I've, I've never been particularly set and this guy i honestly i could not tell you what his ethnicity was either some kind of south asian or maybe middle eastern um but i literally just looked at him and i was like holy fuck like literally like messy brown hair and like the exact glasses and just something about him even though he didn't look like daniel radcliffe it was as if someone had like accessed my mental picture before daniel radcliffe was ever cast yeah had access to that and then brought that to life and I was literally just staring at this guy like this is Harry. To be honest that's something I actually really like about doing this podcast. I think before I started this podcast my images of the cast, the trio specifically, were very rooted in the film but doing this very deep dive we spend months and months if not a year on each book has really allowed me to separate that and honestly now Ron, I think I still is pretty Rupert Grint, but Harry and Hermione, I really don't picture Dan Rad and Emma Watson anymore. I still like respect and like for their interpretation yeah. of the two. Emma Watson especially, now it's been so many Sorry. years since the discussion of Hermione could be a person of colour, could be a black woman. Mm. Every time I picture Hermione in my head, she's now a black or mixed race woman. And Harry really switches for me. He could be a white guy, he could be a South. I really like um, like when Nikita sent us that long explanation yes, of I Harry as a South Asian guy because I love it so. I, much. I love it, so, and it's really, really stuck with me since she sent us that explanation. Like to the point where I often imagine Harry as a South Asian guy. And what I quite like about that is I think people often get quite worked up in the interpretation they have in their own head. Like you know when you hear about you know James Bond can't be anyone but a white yeah. guy, and it's like he's literally a fictional character. I think sometimes you do have an idea in your head of a fictional character, but I like that as I've got older and I've got this deeper reading, my idea of who they are in my head has changed. And I think that's a really nice thing because it shows that those those ideas and those mental pictures can change. But yeah, Ron, Ron is one I, I still... It's not that I imagine him as Rupert Grint because like Rupert Grint is like quite different from Ron in a lot of ways. He's not super tall and like gangly. Mm. He's quite like... He's shorter and quite yeah. like strongly built. But I never have such a clear picture of Ron, which I don't know why. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's... I think that Ron is just like... I think that it suits his character to be white. Oh, yeah. I think that there's like... I think part of why I love like opening up the interpretation is that it brings so many different angles to it. Yeah. It's like... um, for instance, when they were recasting Spider-Man mm. and everyone really wanted it to be Donald Glover and then like loads of people were being like, oh no, but he's like, he's he's a white character. And, and they pointed out that like, 
I can't remember where he's supposed to be from in New York, but he's from like a very like predominantly black area. And he's supposed to be this like, I think like, I, I don't know because I've not read like the comics, but I yeah. think he's supposed to be from like quite like an underprivileged area and stuff. And people like this makes perfect. It makes more sense for him to be black. If you look at the actual demographics of the area that yeah, he's supposed to be to from. Yeah, to be white. Yeah, and, but yeah. And then in the end, I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Tom Holland. So I, yeah, I am glad that he was cast, but also like Donald Glover would have fucking killed it. Oh my God, he would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah That would be such a cool casting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they they kind of briefly put him in the first one anyway, but it was like that, no, we wanted him as Spider-Man. I am so on board the train of René Jean Paul's, René Jean, is it Paul? It's Reggae Jean Page. The guy from Bridgerton. Yes. To be the next James Bond. Like, yes. give it to me. Because everyone, give it to me. Everyone was saying Idris Elba and I do understand he's that too he's- too old now. Uh, yeah, I do understand that. Old. So yeah, like a hundred. I love Idris. I love Idris, but he's too old now. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm fully on board the René Jean. Is it René Jean Paul? René Jean? I've got no idea. It's Reggae Jean Page. But yeah, so I know who you mean. Yeah. The fittest Bridgerton. man I've ever seen. Bridgerton and, man. And because he didn't do season two, did he? No, which he was never going to. People, Yeah, because the books focus on a different kid each time. Yeah, but he's still, you would think. I least... think he will come back for like specials. So in the books, like the, the, the partners and the main kid don't really come back that often apart from for like one scene and i think he's not going to be in season two but he'll come back for like specials and christmas specials and things like that mm. um but yeah i understand why he's not in it anymore because it moves down the children yeah but but yeah i still want him to be james bond because i that argument so. that james bond has to be a what i'm like what what what, what? It's, it's changed characters for the last 60 years what's what, why can't you just suspect what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah it, it's completely nonsensical like i i always think that it should be like completely but this is the thing. It should be completely the right casting, which means don't cast like a woman or someone, you know, like a black man or something for the sake of it. However, like that is completely the point of it. It should be the right person for it. So why do people default to the white person? I know. You know, it, it, it annoys me so much because they're like, oh, you're doing it for the sake of it. If you If you cast a, a black man, you're just doing it to do it. It should be the right person for the role. Is that? Exactly. It should be the right person for the role. So since when did that have to be a white person? Like, oh, that's what annoys me about that argument that everyone makes is that I'm like, you're making that argument and you're on my side because you're saying that it should be the right person for the role. Yeah, this is one of those things that like, I now feel a bit, I don't know. It's like one of those things that's kind of, this is, I'm not saying it's good or bad either way. It's like open for discussion. But Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, when Hermione originally was cast as black, it was because that actress was the best part for the role. Mm. Amazing. Perfect. Let's cast the best actress for the role. She's now in Broadway and West End, always cast a black actress. Great, because we do need, like, it's a great interpretation that Hermione is black. Yeah. But therefore, is it that you're, so they're no longer casting the best person in the role. They're casting the best black actress for the role. Again, absolutely fine because I now think my head interpretation of Hermione is that she's a black character, but it's like no longer what they said when it originally. Like they're not. Do- what I'm saying yeah. is they're not doing blind casting. Yeah. For because they said we did it because we did blind casting for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, but they're clearly not anymore because Harry is always a white man with black hair. Yeah. Ron is always a ginger guy, and Hermione is always a black actress. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I think I, I think of it the same way as like in our industry because we both work in music. In music? music? Do we? <laughs> when? Sorry, when? We just transformed into Neil. I meant to say we both work in music. Whoa! Oh my God! <laughs> Why is my brain? We both work in beauty. Why did my brain just swap out those two? Oh my God. That was kind Am of I terrifying. Okay? No, clearly not. Um, yeah, we both work in music. Uh, 
I'm trying to say beauty marketing and I think the end of the marketing keeps turning it into we both work in beauty marketing and diversity is like a huge topic mm. especially like since we joined the industry really was when the conversation really really started yeah, we, to amp we, up I joined my first company the year that uh, Rihanna released Fenty so released yeah. the Fifty Shades of Foundation I joined in 2016 I joined the beauty industry yeah, so, so it when the year stuff was Rihanna. really really amping up in a big way and by that obviously I mean you know it'd been a massive topic of conversation for many many years however like as like a privileged white girl i mean it's where it when it became on my radar yeah, yeah. and kind of a lot of people's radar that weren't directly affected by it and it was a topic of conversation i mean it, it still is because there's a thing that brands will literally do like i've i've worked for these brands where going into a campaign they will have a literal tick list of we want, you know, a very dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. and we want a transgender person and we want, like, an athlete and they will be that prescriptive about being representative. And it's like, is this a bad thing? Because in a way, it feels very forced and it's kind of doing it for show and it's literally taking, like, a checkbox list approach to diversity and that's that's kind of not okay and you should be casting the best people for it so you shouldn't just be filling boxes it should just be like you know organically diverse but I kind of end up on the side of I think that ultimately it's a good thing because what matters like the point of diversity when it comes to casting be that in beauty campaigns where you're portraying you know you're saying to society this is who is beautiful enough to be in a makeup campaign or whether you're casting like a tv show or or major film where you're saying these are the people that can be like you know powerful inspirational you know these Mm. are these are wizards these are superheroes it's all about showing like young people young kids young young teenagers to say this is who you can be you are you know beautiful enough to be in a beauty campaign you are powerful enough to be a superhero or whatever and that is the point of diversity it's to have that end result so i always come down on the side of i think that it's a good thing even if you have to be overly prescriptive with trying to be diverse the end result is so that you know uh a little black girl will look at Hermione and think oh wow I, like I, 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 I'm I, a powerful I can, witch yeah I can do that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can be this person or yeah a South Asian girl can see herself or like you know someone transgender can see themselves in a makeup campaign and think I am beautiful and I think it's the end result that matters and in an ideal world that would be achieved just by organically that's just what happens but also like I'm sure that you can relate like at the end of the day like we are two like really privileged white girls and there have definitely been times when like for instance I'll be pulling together like like a PR list which is like a list of people to send product to for a campaign yeah and I would try to make sure that I keep notes of like yeah you know I I have ethnicity notes on all my PR lists because if it was left to me, there's completely sometimes when my brain will just default and I'll look at that and I'm like, actually, that's just what my gut instinct has done is not diverse enough. Yeah, the, so, the, the way I always try to think about it is like in an ideal, both in an ideal world and in the future, blind casting would give us the diverse pool or mm. the PR list would be diverse enough. But at the moment, we're currently not living in that ideal or future world. We're living in a world where we put the sometimes those overly prescriptive things in so in 10 15 20 years we no yeah. longer have to because it's it's and also what i like to do from a brand side is also think about our customer base so i recently did a campaign with like our real customers and 
I was trying to actually represent what our customer base looked like, but also I could only have a certain amount of people. So I had to make sure I did hit all those, you know, if you only have five people, mm. yes, our customer base might be, let's say for some brands, 80% white, but I have to make sure I'm showing all our different, as much as I can of our different customer base. So yes. not skewing that, but making sure who I pick is showing yeah. that. And also about like attracting the new customer base because a lot of the reasons why particularly black women won't shop with a lot of brands is mm -hmm. because they haven't been served well enough in the exactly. past. Exactly. Like, why should you shop from a brand if they haven't catered to you in the past? There's exactly. no reason you shouldn't. So sometimes it's about representing the consumer that you don't have yet because it's about undoing the past wrong. So yeah, I think, uh, I think realistically, you know, ideally it would just be done anyway, but especially when you have like the actual like, internal like you know the beauty industry is like not diverse when you actually no. look at the staff behind brands like no. it's it's especially in marketing departments it's a lot of white women yep. and you know not every ev not everyone is perfect and you know biases happen and not everyone is educated enough and i try and educate myself but i can hands up and say i'm not as educated as i should be nope. um so realistically sometimes you have to kind of have a bit more of a tick list approach when you're casting things because everyone in your team sometimes is white and yeah. sometimes you need to really try and be conscious of it and it's about doing that now so that in you know hopefully in 10 years time things will organically happen but realistically it's, it's about putting those people in the campaigns now so that those people look at those campaigns and think yeah and then they i can do that in the future then. and then blah yeah. blah blah and yeah the same thing is like for casting you yeah. need you need to cast roles and i do in a diverse well, in a diverse way so that then more people think I can do this. Yeah, because a lot of people talk about blind casting, but at the end of the day, there's a hell of a lot more white privileged actors than there are minority group actors. Yeah. So therefore, sometimes roles have to be written specifically for minority actors to make sure they are getting the same uh, opportunities yeah. as privileged white actors. I have no idea how we got onto this. I am one note into my notes. Do you have a clue how we got here? Could someone oh. write us a kind of timeline of how we got here? <laughs> no, it, it was... It was this was my fault. It's because I, I saw the guy on the tube that looked like Harry. Oh, and this came from talking about how we imagine Hogwarts. Yes. So sorry, that 100% was my no, fault. No, no, it's not your fault. I was just like, how in God's name did we get here? I don't know. No, but there we go. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but send us your thoughts on this because as pointed out, we are two white girls and our audience is a lot more diverse than us. So send us your thoughts on this matter. But um, something that I'm really looking forward to, and I think we briefly have discussed this in the past, but I don't think we've said on the podcast or fully agreed, but I'm just going to say that we're doing it because I've decided that we're doing it, is now what we're going to introduce at the end of every book is to do a like voicemail episode where we just oh, have yeah. like voicemails from people coming I was in. Like, what are we doing? I'm confused. Uh, I'm just introducing this and Hannah's like, what now? <laughs> um, so yeah, and I think maybe this will not be with us talking. Maybe it will be with us talking, but essentially like all of you guys can actually like weigh in because realistically, as, as we find out from the Discord, you guys have a lot more like nuanced and intelligent and like diverse perspectives than us. And previously when we have done like some voicemail-y stuff, like the, the perspectives that we've had have yeah. been so interesting. So I think that at the end of each book now, we will do like an entire voicemail-based episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, which we're really, really excited about. And that will kind of let you guys like weigh in, especially because we know that apparently a lot of you guys do sit there listening trust and just like trying to speak back to us <laughs> but like we're I, not there. Relate. I do that to other podcasts yeah should same we, should we carry on through the notes oh fine <laughs> fine everyone is fucking with Umbridge which absolutely brilliant including Peeves who is yes. fully taking Fred and George to heart which we love it yeah because um, Fred and George have like become Hogwarts legends oh which 
It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. In in one of the peak McGonagall, I say oh. one of the peak McGonagall moments of this book. This book has so many peak McGonagall moments. I don't even know. I don't even know how to rank them. I know. Also, it's... how much did you love that TikTok I sent you today? Oh, so good. But yeah, this book and like book seven, like right at the end when she's actually in it, is just like the best McGonagall. Honestly. Be- oh, the be- I think this is her best book. Yeah. Because in terms of her lines, the things she gets to do. We 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 talk a lot about, oh, to have the books from like the Marauders perspective or whatever, or like blah, blah, blah. No, McGonagall's. McGonagall's. Give us all of the books just from McGonagall's perspective. I please. would live for it. <laughs> um, Basically, she tells Peeves that he's trying to unscrew a chandelier the wrong way. But I Harry's like, it. I can't be sure she said it. I'm like, what, did you imagine it? Mm-hmm. Um, Montague has not recovered from his sojourn in the toilet and his parents are called which leads me to the question <laughs> were the parents called after the petrification incidents because they're muggle-borns but also that was arguably worse than the toilet incident yes interesting so I have just been listening to book two ah. um, to get to sleep and it re- does it really annoy you that you can't remember what we talk about in early books because <laughs> I wish it, I remembered more it of this podcast. really annoys me and i really want to re-listen and i honestly i cannot stand listening to myself and also our audio quality in the first two books bad but i really all the time i'm like sure we surely we i think this we up. did mention it whether the parents come to the school but, but it's just coming back up because montague's parents are seen coming up to the school what i what i and this is slightly a tangent again i'm sorry but this has really bothered me and i maybe we did talk about it at the time but i don't remember but like they fully thought that Ginny was dead and they sent a letter percy sent a letter to mr Did and mrs weasley to be like yo so Ginny's been taken and she, her body's gonna lie oh, yeah in the and now we know that flu head things works and that Mr. and Mrs. Weasley have somewhat of a relationship with yeah. Dumbledore. And you're telling and, me... No, he wasn't there. McGonagall didn't flu-head them. But or, not even flu-head. I'm sorry. If if someone's child has there. died, you should apparate there to tell them. Like, you don't get that eldest... Well, eldest at Hogwarts. Eldest son that is there. To tell them in a fucking letter that their daughter is dead? What the fuck... Bearing in mind that later in the books we have Mr. and Mrs. Weasley just pop down to Hogwarts all the fucking time. Like, for any little thing. Like, they come down just to watch Harry and, like, you know, the Goblet of Fire and but stuff like Harry. that. he's important. <laughs> so it's like, really, you're telling me that they could, like, come there and that clearly they've been communicated with, but when their own daughter was dead, they got a letter? I'm fully aware we've resorted to the wrong book, and I'm so sorry if you've listened through recently and we did actually discuss this at the time, but what the fuck the first two books make no sense i just i honestly i feel like i'm gonna have to re-listen to our own podcast at some point because all the time i'm like did we discuss this at the time if we didn't how did we miss that it would help if you made more thorough notes you could go and check your own notes well mm, i no, but i i never made great plot notes but i did make if anything i made better notes back then because i would make more well, notes go and about find what i your to notes. talk about there will be in long binned like notebooks. You bin your notebooks? Yeah. I keep all my podcast notebooks for like when we're finished and I have all of them. You're a also, I've just bought our own merch to get my she next has. one. Yeah, actually, we never talk about merch. Uh, I just purchased our own merch because I've run out of room in this yep. notebook. Um, And I genuinely couldn't. I was like, oh, I need a new notebook. Well, I have to use Arno, but that would be yes. disgusting if I use anything else. So I ordered our own merch. Anyway, go buy our merch. It's on Redbubble. The link is in the description. 
You know it's been nearly a year since we released that. No. Oh, no. How horrifyingly quick has this year gone, though? Literally. Like, and we said we'd do a second drop. And we haven't even started thinking about that. I know. Oh, but, like, this year, what the fuck? It's disgusting. We need to start thinking about the second drop of merch. Maybe by Christmas. <sighs> yeah, guys, send us ideas. What do you we want to see We have idea. We're going to get a cartoonist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sound more enthusiastic. What do you guys want to see on merch? Tell People us. People want... I want a cartoonist to draw uh someone drop kicking harry who is an ice block that's all but i not want drop kick the door the door the door is punting punting see the word punting mm-hmm. ice block baby harry across a garden and i want a cartoonist to draw that yes please that's what i want yeah yeah anyway. let us know your ideas for merch please yeah so ron talks about mrs Weasley and fred and george in the lesson and he's kind of going on about how he's gonna get the blame for fred and george leaving which is like it's it's What's funny is he's the younger sibling, but I suppose Mrs. Weezy kind of sees him as the older one because he's not the prankster because yeah. I am the older sibling and I somehow get so much blame for everything my younger sibling does. I'm like, I wasn't even at home. I was I was in London. What do you want from me? Uh, I'm the youngest, but my sister is very mentally ill. She's got borderline personality disorder. So you better believe I get the blame for everything but ron's getting that with fred and george he's like i should have stopped them and hermione's like how and he's like just believe me i'll get in trouble for this him and hermione begin to ponder where they get where they got the gold to buy this premises because they are literally now renting a shop in diagon alley and harry finally comes clean that he gave fred and george the winnings and ron to his credit does not get annoyed at Harry for giving money to Fred and George and not him. He's just like, great, can I tell mum it was your fault? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But like, I don't know, I kind of thought, you know, because Ron is such a jealous person, he would be like, "Uh, uh, why didn't I deserve the money? But he's just like, cool, go for it. Can I get you told off? I just, I yeah, I don't think Ron would want the charity. That's, That's the thing. And I think that it's... I do think that it's the best way that Harry ever could have done this. 100%. Like, yeah. I, I do see that he, in realistic terms, it wouldn't have been that big a deal for him when he was over the summers to be like, can I please give you like bill and food money? Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't see the parents accepting that. No. And and as we've said before, helping out Fred and George will will benefit the whole family in the long term so much. Yeah. Because... And it does. And it does. Yeah. And it should have done more if Fred hadn't. Shut up. Harry tells Hermione to stop nagging him, which could we not use the word nagging when women are trying to um, be um, helpful and stop you being a dick? You're just saying that, Hannah, because you're really bossy. You're just saying that to me because you came in today while I was asking Neil politely to do some cleaning. (laughs) No, what? No, that was entirely a joke because people always talk about people being naggy. Well, people, women being naggy and bossy. Yeah. That was not actually based on anything aside from that. It's always bossy and naggy. I was always told I was bossy. I was always told I was Bella from the tweenies who was the bossy one. Oh. But also you are Hermione who is seen as bossy and and naggy naggy and motherly. That's I just what... don't like when the word nag is used. No, it's but just... it's nag and boss for me, like bossy, naggy. It's just like, oh, but if a man did it, and then it like everyone, assertive. like very briefly, successfully reclaimed the word bossy, and then it just went too far with girl Hashtag boss. Girl boss. Girl boss was like okay for like zero point five seconds. It was like yeah, reclaiming the word bossy and the position boss, and then it very 
swiftly just became insufferable yeah yeah it wasn't it's not a great time anyway hermione's mm. a nag um which is multiple this word is used multiple times in this book i mean hermione is at her worst in this book but like yeah let's not use those words oh it's like the bit in the goblet of fire film when she's like go on both of you up to bed now and it's like what why do you go to bed <laughs> when did you literally be and the bit as well also in Goblet of Fire, when she gets them up in the morning. Are you talking about the most sexist film out of the eight films? Oh! Ronald, get up! Why does she call it Ronald? Because it makes her seem... Mother. Yeah, they really played up on the worst parts. But they, like, played up on the worst parts of Hermione and made her seem more motherly mm. to play up on the bossiness and nagginess. But then they also gave her loads more cool action shit to do. Which is yeah. just, like so clearly a female written by a man like i could not epitomize more a female written by a man it's like oh she's bossy and naggy but she does cool action stuff it's like great that's deep thanks yeah. thanks for that yeah uh, classic strong woman written by a man which is very different to strong woman written, written by, by woman. woman in the same way that sexy man written by man is so different to sexy man written by woman maybe everything should be written by woman yes anyway hermione wants harry to resume occlumency and because ron has told hermione that harry is muttering in his sleep which um <laughs> are all their convos between the two of them just about harry do they like get when it's just those two they just talk about harry maybe i do quite like di like dishing on a mutual friend <laughs> not in a bitchy way but oh, like no, i know what you do when i'm not here <laughs> these two definitely give off uh we talk about you when you're not there and that's how yeah. we bonded energy <laughs> Yeah, big time. Big but time. also, like, they probably talk about Harry because there's, like, so much sexual tension that is just, like... A neutral you... topic for them, yeah. too. But have you never had that where there's so much sexual tension where you just, like, default to, like, one conversation? One conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and... it's, like, the safe topic, yeah. Yeah, and it's always, like, the least sexy thing. They literally, like... <laughs> Harry Har is the least sexy yeah. thing. <laughs> Harry is there, like... Oh, God, I can't remember. No, no, no. What I'm thinking is the opposite. The, like, fluffer something that like means wait the, the fluffer is the person who comes in during a porn film isn't it and like sits yeah yeah the yeah that, that's yeah or so, no, like, the opposite I'm... in a normal film they do this i can't remember which way around it is no so i think it is in porn but like this is what i mean harry's the opposite for them he's the anti-fluffer they're like getting really like horny and lusty for each other and they're like let's talk about harry, harry. <laughs> like you know well, it's like... just like so harry talks in his sleep yeah. because he got a boner coming on when hermione like i don't know tossed yeah. her hair or something you know in like whenever it's in like film or tv when a man's trying to turn himself off in a sexy situation and he'll be like think about grandma my grandma, grandma. my grandma like ron's like think about harry harry harry, harry. harry. <laughs> this is 100 true because harry is the least sexy man to walk this planet <laughs> yeah so, not daniel radcliffe however oh my god today on tiktok i saw that video which like i hadn't thought about in years that one where he's trying to like I can't, I don't know what show it's from, but he's trying to distract or joke with that man who's doing a handstand. And he's like, I have every great British actor on speed dial. I have kissed Emma Watson. I could call Danny Dyer right now. I'm going to call Danny Dyer right now. I have Michael Gamble. I have Gary Oldman. I've never seen this. Oh my God, no, wait, I'm going to get it up. Danny Dyer. <laughs> Danny Dyer. 
Anyway, it is the day of the Quidditch final and Harry and Hermione are watching it in the stands. Ron is obviously playing and he lets the first goal in, which, you know, typical Ron at this point. And at this point, Hagrid comes along to get Hermione and Harry and asks them to follow him into the forest. And something seems very wrong. Something is wrong. Yeah. So they find out as they're walking through the forest that Hagrid actually stepped in to save Ferenc. The only reason Ferenc is alive because Hagrid literally pulled him bodily from the fight and like managed to get the attackers off him and like the herd attacked Hagrid. Well, yeah, he, he, he fought off a herd of centaurs, essentially. Single-handedly. Like horses. Horses are really powerful. Horses are really but We've discussed with Potless how they're probably a bit smaller than horses. A bit. A bit. Just because otherwise they'd be two big men. Yeah, Why but are like... centaurs men? How do they mate? But even like donkeys are like mad powerful. Yeah, no, a donkey's kick could kill you. How do centaurs... Why are there only male centaurs? How oh, do they yeah. mate? <gasps> they're all gay! Either they're a very traditionally patriarchal society and that's why we only see the men because there are women but they don't speak and don't join in or they're all men and somehow are like procreating with just men well yeah i can buy that because you know magic they're they're half horse half human i can totally buy that they're men and procreating or it could be like a seahorsing maybe they're not all men maybe we just have assumed that maybe they're all non-binary and Maybe. or you know seahorse stuff and you know seahorses there are still women it's just the men that carry the oh yeah i'm the, remembering the, that wrong yeah i but, think that's or do they turn into men or women isn't there an animal that can like change sex there is well uh, humans <laughs> well yeah no but there's an animal that does it like during pregnancy or something can't remember anyway i i don't know but yeah like uh mm, i'm very here for them being like really like Roman about it, you know? Google it. Because yeah, this is like proper mythology shit that we can actually Google. Uh, in Greek mythology, centaur is the father of the race of mythological beasts known as the centaurs. The centaurs are half man, half horse, having a horse with a man, except for no, wild, savage, and lustful. Yes, but what do they. Well, that sounds like men. Female centaurs are seldom mentioned in ancient literature, although they do occasionally appear in ancient Greek paintings. Female centaurs are called centaurides. So. I don't know what I've just stumbled across. I'm pretty sure it's completely relevant, but I want to say it anyway. The first Google result for Are Centaurs Gay is a book called Peacocks, Chameleon... Chameleon? Chameleon. Peacocks, Chameleons, Centaurs, Gay Suburbia and the Grammar of Social Identity. Let's read that! I want that book! Okay, so yeah, the word centaur literally means half man, half horse. So yes, technically when you call something a centaur, if there are not female centaurs, they are a different... They are centaurides. And that is not what the centaurs are in Harry Potter. So make of that what you will. Oh, I do have a search result for gay beefcake centaur on Pinterest. I'm going to no, click that. No, don't click Don't. Oh! Whoa. Oh! Oh! Can I see... Do I want to see beefcake? I mean, it's got a very large horn in its mouth. Um, this was just one of the results for gay mm -hmm. uh, beefcake centaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think, does that mean that there's like an entire Pinterest album for gay beefcake? <laughs> yes, there is. But, oh, do you want to know what the username is for the person that has created this Pinterest board called Gay Beefcake Centaur? More than anything. Really helpful rednecks. <laughs> Anyway, Hagrid I really them off. buy into them being gay. And oh, yeah. maybe 
I'm just I'm just gonna read too much into this here, but maybe friends. Maybe friends. he was the lover of the one that Ben was the most upset about him abandoning. Maybe. That would make sense. Yes. I love it. Love a bit of gay saunter, gay centaur sex. <laughs> anyway, they head off the path deeper into the forest, and Hagrid talks about how he's going to get the sack soon. Umbridge thinks that he is the one putting nifflers in her office, which isn't actually Hagrid. We find out later who it is, but it's not actually Hagrid. But Hagrid's pretty convinced he's getting the sack soon, uh, which is a shame because apparently this year, unlike last year, he's actually been teaching relatively yeah. reasonable lessons, which is it's a shame. He's actually following some sort of syllabus this year. Yeah, but also, I mean, he's not been teaching for that long at this point. Bear in mind that there is no teacher training. I feel like this is like a really good, reasonable progression. I mean, Harry, Ron, Hermione, all... Hermione gets an an outstanding in her care of magical creatures, OWL. They must have learned something. Yeah. And I I mean, I stand by the fact that I don't think that his lessons were that bad in the first place. I mean, book four. No. Well, yeah, but also book four, he just got them to raise his self-created half beasties was not helpful i don't think because when would they ever Um, interact with them outside of lessons i don't know i i think it depends on how you view education and how you view knowledge because in terms of helpful as in like teaching to a curriculum no but in terms of helpful as in like probably very interesting in terms of like interbreeding species and like and actually like figuring out because this is the thing it's it that would be teaching you how to figure out how to care for something as opposed like, to just like a I feel textbook. Like, I feel like yes, for very high level, newt level. No, for one of the first years of Care of Magical Creatures where they just need to learn how to clean a salamander and feed a null. Yeah, but when are they ever going to do that? Often! They're running about all the time in Harry Potter. There's salamanders know. everywhere. I, I, feel like it's, I feel like what a similar comparison is... And to be fair, this they do study later on, but it's like when they study later on, and yes, this is more advanced magic, but I would argue that this is, it should be the other way around. But mm. later in the more advanced potions, they're mm. taught how to work out how to make an antidote, yeah, yeah. which is such a useful skill because yeah, you're is. not always going to know what someone's been poisoned by and also like even if you do to remember all loads of different antidotes is just ridiculous yeah what you need to know is how to actually like reverse engineer it yeah and it's taught the wrong way around and it's the same in real life with cooking when they teach you specific recipes when actually they should teach you how to you know reverse engineer okay this looks and tastes and smell like this so this probably has this in it Mm. which actually teaches you more because then it teaches you multiple recipes because you're learning the logic behind recipes mm-hmm. as opposed to just teaching you a few recipes and this is the same thing you can teach people how to care for specific animals which is only going to take them so far as as so far as their memory goes or you can teach them the actual like theory behind it, it mm. it's the whole you know teacher man to fish or whatever thing you know yes uh Cook a man to fish teach a man to fish yeah. yeah 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 it depends on you know the the structure of education that we look at but anyway yeah, he's doing it, a good structure of education this year and he's just yeah, about to be fired because you know he he you know has had time to learn and improve yeah considering there is no teacher training nope he says he needs their help with something if he does get fired and harry being harry says yes without knowing what thing is which um i get that you're loyal and everything but like don't be a fucking idiot 
Yeah. This is Harry's Hufflepuff side coming yeah. out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I promise. You don't know what it is. Hermione didn't say I promise. Yeah. And then he throws her in with it. He's like, we promised. I'm like, you promised. Hermione did no such thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hermione's not dumb. They get to where they're going and Harry thinks it's a huge mound of earth. He's like, what a weird hill. <laughs> but Hermione, oh, who is not an idiot, think realises it's a giant. And Hermione in one of... The moments in the books, which is good because we see some of the other downsides of Hermione, begins to totally lose it. She's like, no, Hagrid, no, you're insane. I'm scared. I don't like, she just loses it. Harry's standing there in silence like, it's a oh, weird hill. It's a weird hill. Oh no. Harry and Hermione- is a himbo. But Hermione's just like, what are you doing? You're insane. Why did you do this? Totally reasonable time to lose her shit. <laughs> yeah, but also it's like, it's so in character for Hagrid. Bear in mind, like, the three-headed dog. Yeah. The dragon. Yeah. Like, very in, very in character. I mean, he did literally kidnap his half-brother and force him across a few countries. Like, when, when he's like, yeah, you really didn't want to come, he tried to turn back. I'm like, um, that's a kidnap, actually. But I guess it was at least to, like, save his life if the other, like, giants were turning on him. Yeah, it's one of these, like, yeah, difficult things. Like, would he have died if he stayed there? Therefore, is it better to rescue him? Mm. But Hagrid wants them to teach the giants manners and English. I love Hagrid. (laughs) Yeah, but... I mean, we just don't learn enough about giants because we learn about other species and, like, other species can speak English and communicate and, like, you know, fit in with the wizarding society. And so maybe maybe actually giants can as well, but there is, you know... I mean, the reason know they that giants can speak English. They're literally living in, like... Exactly, so that's the, not unreasonable the Pyrenees, of him, right? But, like, they're, they're, the there's definitely, like, a... a, a fear and like a perception thing that you know they've been ostracized yeah because of perception and actually when you look at like the other day other like species that we hear about like so it's like you know it's i guess it's like up for debate you know how much of it is like actually the you know giants can't do xyz and how much of it is like societal assumptions and i think that this fits in with a lot of hagrid anyway and a lot of like what we see then sorry to bring them up but the fantastic beast films where you know there's the whole thing of you know people think this about this monster but actually so i guess maybe this fits in with this where maybe like actually giants can learn english and be civilized i'm absolutely sure they can it's just the fact that well, my amazement was Hagrid wants the three teenagers who are in full-time education to teach the giant yeah. English more that than, is, more, more yeah, than that the is actual request. And, and with no, like, you know, knowing that the forest is Knowing that the forest is dangerous as fuck and he has gone into serious trouble multiple times when he's gone in there, he's just like, yeah, could you just pop in once a week? I fully believe the giants can learn English. Anyway, we did mention Grawp is... Hagrid's half brother. Yes. His mum slept with another giant. Because that, that's the other thing. Like, if if giants are like genuinely like they can't understand English or become civilized or communicate, blah, blah blah, then we have a lot of fucking questions about the consent that goes on between Hagrid's mother and father. Because oh, if, no, I fully believe they can integrate into society. Exactly, I fully they must they be able to because. Otherwise, Hagrid's dad was not a very nice man. This is just a case 
of wizards wanting giants to conform into society in their view of what conforming and what mm. correct is rather mm. than respecting giants own culture differences yeah. needs but they can integrate just in their own way yeah it's the same way when like white people go and like visits visit different tribes and are like they're so uncivilized and it's like no they they just have their own civilization and society and yeah. their own like rules and manners yeah and just because and it's language. not set up under something that you recognize does not mean it is uncivilized exactly and yeah that is the allegory with the giants that is like because that's the allegory when when hagrid goes and gives the gifts it's, it's very much that colonial gift giving to tribes kind of thing yeah and i mean i have like a lot to say on the whole like giant thing mm. and the whole i mean obviously the metaphors are questionable but the metaphor that we're working with i have a lot to say about that in the next chapter a lot to say about that in the next chapter so hagrid explains that grob and he traveled back on foot from wherever the giants live which they had to travel at night because otherwise grob would be spotted which fair enough I, yeah there's enough uninhabited ish country yeah villages and stuff yeah until you get to the channel yeah i was gonna say how do they <laughs> do they just rock up <laughs> they just get on the euro in tunnel. calais like hello <laughs> <laughs> they either have the euro tunnel or the ferry like, <laughs> like yeah grop is like what 12 foot that's a lot not deep enough to wade across the channel the channel's a fuck turn deeper than that yep how did they cross the channel? Did they swim? I don't know. Because, like, even if you could, like, apparate with the giant... You can't. Hagrid can't apparate. Yeah, but, like, he could get someone else to. But even as we know from... Sorry, again, Fantastic Beasts, you need, like, certain licenses and stuff to, like, go abroad. And, yeah. Or whatnot. Like, I just... We're just trying to let nobody know. Mm. I My only conclusion is they swum. Or Dumbledore somehow illegally helped. Do we think Dumbledore knows about this? It well, must I... do because Hagrid was back late mm. and Hagrid must have explained that somehow. Yeah. And I wouldn't put it past it. Like, he's hardly a good, like, judgment maker. <laughs> what what you know? is sensible? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I I really am baffled at the channel. We, have, also, we like, have some water. It's 24 miles of water. Yeah. I guess as well, like, if Hagrid had come to him and been like, yo, so I'm at the channel. And I've got my half-brother with me and we need your help crossing. What's Dumbledore going to do? Yeah, he's going to go and help. He's not going to be like, turn the fuck around. Like, he, he would. Also, they must have apparated because even swimming at night, Dover to Calais and that whole English Channel is the busiest shipping stretch in all of the world or something. Mm. Like, they would have been the spot. This is... Yeah, there, there has to be or port key or something, but illegally done. Port key, yeah. Dumbledore must have sent them a port key. Must have done. Yeah, but like illegally. Yeah. Yeah. But then also they walked across England and Scotland at night. And like, I feel like England is very populated and you'd have to go a very windy route to avoid the cities, right? Like a very windy route. But also like route. the thing is, it's not even that they're just avoiding the cities. They are literally avoiding any other human. Yeah. It yeah. does not make sense. Like, you would have to go a seriously windy route around England. It is very populated. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't think that there is a single route that you could take that would guarantee that you would not see another human. Like, I don't know, I don't know. well, yeah, at night, you'd have to go through, like, the villages, but yeah. 
But even that, like, no way that you could guarantee that some old lady would not be looking out her window. Yeah, but Hagrid that doesn't so, care about guaranteeing. That some, that some farmer would not Hagrid be... Hagrid does not care about farmers. They wake up in the morning and they're like, that's a really big footprint in the field. Mm, <laughs> like, I just... Uh, it doesn't make sense at all. Like, the only way is that if they did, like, Porky, like, a huge portion of Maybe the they walked to the coast of france and then when dumbledore's like oh i've got a separate porky to get you across the channel i'll get you onto scotland yeah but even going through europe i find it kind of it's more believable somehow than england but because like some european countries are more like sparse france is more spread out than yeah but like I don't buy it with England and Scotland. Like, no. unless you... I could buy it with Scotland if you came from the other end, but, like, yeah. I couldn't buy it coming through England. Just the no. south coast places. Like, you're going to get... You, where are you? You're going to hit... You're going to hit Dover or Southampton or Bournemouth or any of the others along... There's a many along the yeah. coast. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Yeah, no. Nah, happen. nah, nah. Anyway. <laughs> Grop is tied up. Is this cruel? It is cruel. It is cruel. Mm. Is it crueler than leaving him with the giant? It's a very... I don't know what's right here because we only have Hagrid's word that the other giants were going to kill him. Mm. Don't we? So I'm like... Ah. Yeah, but given what like what else Hagrid said about the giants, like I can buy that they would have. So I guess it but is... But now he's been tied up. This is now May, I believe. So he's mm. been tied up since October, November... Yeah, About six months minimum. But I guess it's like to stop him like going and killing a bunch of students. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that that I do. It's one of the. There would be no right thing. You can't no. leave him to get killed, but then also like you shouldn't do what Hagrid did either. Like, but there's there's no win here, is there? Really? No. I, I guess it depends what to what extent he's tied up because he could be tied up to you know like. He can move around and walk around to like a tiny bit of the forest. Like yeah. if he's literally just like in one spot and can't move at all. But like we know that he rips up trees and stuff, so he must have like a certain amount of like movability. Yeah, I think his arms aren't tied up, but his legs are tied up. Yeah, but it depends, like because they could have like quite a long chain on them or whatever, yeah. so that he could, you know, actually walk around and maybe go through a tiny bit of the forest and mm. have some movability and that is not ideal but i guess less cruel in a way where he can't wander into the grounds of hogwarts but he also or like kill everything in the forest but he does have some free range maybe yeah it's a complicated situation mm. hagrid wakes Grop up to introduce him to harry and hermione but thinks that hermione's name is too complicated so he introduces her as hermy brilliant mm -hmm. just not myony the, the shortening that would make more yeah. hermy i love it because it is such a thing in like fan fiction for hermione's name to be shortened and it is never shortened anywhere in the books apart from here to yeah. hermy it's a horrible name uh, grop then makes a grab for hermione and ha this is one of those moments where hermione is just shit because she's bad and these kind of situations and harry has to physically yank her out the way she's then like shaking and crying on him and he's just like it's okay it's okay <laughs> which like this is good because hermione can't be good in every situation and harry is good in this kind of situation of pulling yeah. people out the way but like yeah if i was hermione i'd be freaking the fuck out right now yeah, definitely then they leave <laughs> hermione and harry like yeah we'll come see him 
<laughs> it you know that tiktok trend right now where it's like the saying things oh yeah like lies. Oh, yeah it should be that yeah because harry's like he can get his own food and harry and hermione are definitely like well he can fucking be by himself then yeah as they're leaving they run into a load of centaurs and they're threatening to kill hagrid they are not joking around they're like hi time to die and the only reason they don't kill him is because they're with young foals harry and hermione and murdering children is a crime okay okay i mean yeah good i mean get on to the morals of the centaurs but yeah sure no that's your limit okay yeah good yeah sure i mean the children didn't do anything wrong they also didn't do anything right (laughs) but also i would love to think that this is just completely bullshit and they would kill the young but they 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 know that like those are the young that they can't kill because they know the future and shit so they're probably like oh it had this been like Dean. Neville. <laughs> <laughs> if this had been Dean and Neville, they'd be gone. But like, it's literally Harry and Hermione we They're can like, see oh, in the stars. Like, so we can't kill those people. They leave Hagrid and they're walking out the forest, Harry and Hermione, and they're kind of part listening to what's happening in the game. Mm. And Harry tells Hermione to calm down. <laughs> no, sir, this woman will not calm down. You should get at like no she she is under no obligation to calm down yeah. would you be calm after this she's having a rational reaction you, to harry potter is not having a rational reaction yes. to this harry potter, he's brain dead literally i'm like why are you so calm i'm yeah. so on hermione's side here they hear singing in the background and they get really angry because they think it's slytherin because they hear he's the other king, king. and this. then as the crowd gets closer they realize the lyrics are slightly different because Weasley can block every wing ring. He never lets the quaffle in. And it's this really cute moment where Harry goes, Hermione. And Hermione goes, no. And Harry goes, Hermione! Oh, it, and they realise Gryffindor have won the Quidditch Cup this year! It breaks my heart because what Ron fucking deserved was to like, at the end of this match, have Harry like run down Literally. from the stand to like grab him and and this is what would have happened and Harry would have like grabbed him Tim and been like, like oh yeah. my god and no, like yeah and, and Ron so deserved that he deserved yes. Harry being like you legend you've done this I'm so proud of you yeah. you are everything and like I just want the scene as well I just want to see the scene of like Harry watching the match and you know he would be so invested in it is this first time getting to watch aside from and I mean like a Hogwarts match like his first time getting to watch and his best mate fucking winning the game basically yeah. and like he would have been getting so excited especially after because they saw the first one go in so i just want to watch harry like see ron start to save them all and getting more and more amped up and then he realizes they're gonna win and then running down and like and that's what ron deserves i know and also like hermione likes to pretend she is not into quidditch but like the little hints we get she's really into quidditch when the boys play and she like well there's descriptions of her like hugging people yeah i don't care about football until it's like euros or world cup and i see my friends getting excited and then i get to it for my friends exactly and that's what hermione is like and like yeah it is and it's almost like this thing where like okay so we know ron in the next book ends up doing well because he thinks he's taken lucky potion and there's almost like this element where he subconsciously knew that harry and hermione weren't watching Mm. because that first goal when they were watching he let it in and then as soon as they leave is when he starts to save and he like he doesn't know they've left the stand because the next day he truly believes they were yeah. there the whole time. Oh, oh my like, god! But like it's almost like on a subconscious level mm. he knew 
they'd left yeah or something but like i i guess like maybe it's just not written in but you know from what we get written in is like harry's reaction is like obviously he's really happy when he kind of realizes with hermione but then afterwards like the next day and stuff is that like ron's just going on and on and on and like you don't get harry like really reciprocating because he didn't see it and stuff yeah and i'm he's just, just like, like okay i feel like ron should have known from like the fact that like if harry had been there and seen it he would be so fucking amped up for him but all he gets back is like kind of a lukewarm response really. yeah because i suppose harry's like very distracted yeah which, like fair enough but like this is ron's moment the school is can we also just talk about like ron has been beaten down and beaten down by and yeah. beaten down he is always in harry's shadow and yeah he lost it at harry last year but most of the time he puts up with being in harry's shadow yeah. not always puts up with it gracefully but he puts up with it yeah and right now the school and fred and george he's he he always is put down with fred and george like he's always you know fred and george are the main weasleys in the yeah. school and now they've gone everyone's talking about them and ron's the shit quidditch player and now a month later they're singing weasley is our king he can block every ring like yeah this is ron's moment i know i know I'm so I... and the book dismisses it yeah like it's almost annoying that jk rowling was like yeah you know the like it's almost like why did she choose to it's because she hates writing quidditch she hates writing quidditch so she chose to write the bit where hagrid takes off those two during a quidditch match so she didn't have to write both but like i'm like but ron deserved this he did and also like what kind of annoys me is then in the next book where it completely almost goes back on this like any confidence that he gained from this yeah just goes evaporates and then harry has to be his coach so it has yeah. to be like horrible to him exactly and it, it's kind of done for the convenience of the plot of like having that kind of drama of harry you know having to be quite forceful with him and then for the whole like lucky potion storyline and stuff and but and then again, again in the sixth book, Harry is not present for the final game when mm. Ron finally does get his confidence. So we never see yeah, but it, it Ron just, on his own terms yeah. win the Quidditch game. But like, it kind of just annoys me that it's like he gets his character development here and then by next book it's like almost forgotten about and he's back to like unconfident him and i guess maybe he lost some of his confidence over the summer but i do i i don't feel like it'd be completely undone it's maybe t- it's because i was about to say maybe it's because Ginny's on the team but Ginny's on the team now actually yeah yeah Ginny's the seeker I just, now i feel like it's just done for plot convenience where she just unwrites this bit of character development which is like my complete pet peeve for, with things is just like undoing character development yeah, for because, the sake of another plot because this is character development throughout this yeah. book like we've had it and then we almost get a re- peak of it in book six almost just to have that tension with the felix felicis and hermione so they can have that fallout yeah exactly it's done for plot convenience and yeah it's one of my pet peeves with everything is just like character development being swept away because are you talking about fantastic beast 2 (laughs) i actually i was talking about gray's anatomy (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but (laughs) you know what i was talking about I would love to see an alternate universe where Harry and Hermione were present for this. And I want to see Harry being the first one to reach the pitch, the first one to hug Ron, the first one to lift his arms in the air. Like, you've fucking done it. You've done it. Yeah. Oh, Ron. Yeah. That's the end of the chapter. That is the end of the chapter. Wasn't that nice? I think we have a question. We do. So our question is from Lewis. Who says, what subjects would you have picked at OWL and Newt levels? Okay, so OWL, we have to take the main ones and then three extras. And then Newt, we get five of our own choices. Is that correct? Yes. Oh no, do we only get two? Okay, the electives in OWL year are arithmancy, care of magical creatures, divination, muggle studies, 
and ancient ruins. And I think we get two choices. Runes. We get two choices, right? Harry and Ron only took two things. Care of Magical Creatures and Divination. Yeah. Okay, so I would probably take... What the fuck is Arithmancy? I was going to ask you that. What the fuck is it? Arithmancy is a branch of magic concerned with the magical properties of numbers. It is reportedly difficult. No. I think I would go Ancient Runes. What were the other options? Let me just check what Ancient Runes is. General theoretical subject that studies ancient runic scripts. Is it like learning a language? No, I think I would take that because it's kind of like history. Mm. I actually think that I would go ancient runes and if it was taught properly, divination. I think I would definitely go ancient runes. Mm. Runes? Runes. And not divination. Muggle studies if I wasn't a muggle-born. Mm. If I was a muggle-born, then probably care of magical creatures. Yeah. I would only pick divination if it was actually like not taught like it is in books. If it was properly taught... But how can it be a property to I think because what's hinted at the books is you can only do it if you're a seer. The thing is, I think that there's so many different lines of divination. Like mm. there's, you know, there's the full on having prophecies, but then there's more like how the um, centaurs do it, where it's like stars and shit. And yeah. Yeah. It's like pointing in a direction. So, but yeah, maybe if not, then maybe, maybe like you said, like hair magical creatures. Yeah. Um, and then newts, we get to pick anything that is studied in Harry Potter. Do you want me to get the list but back how up? how many? Five. 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 I hope I would like ancient runes enough and take that on. My number one choice would 100% be charms. So that's two subjects. Charms is always my favourite subject. Hang on, there's a bit in this ec- extracurricular subjects. Yeah. Ancient studies, art, random, earth magic. I have no idea where this list comes from. Muggle art, music, muggle music, ghoul studies, ghoul. studies, this and is- best of all, alchemy this is i think from harry potter wiki so that takes things from like the games and stuff like yeah. that but like i'm sorry if alchemy was a choice then fuck me yeah. up fuck that yeah like yeah like that would be great thing is i feel like history of magic would be so interesting if it wasn't taught by professor bins yeah that that, that yeah same like history of magic if it wasn't taught by professor bins herbology and defense against the dark arts okay Maybe. I think I would go charms. Yep. History of magic again if it was taught well. Maybe astronomy. Mhm. Oh yeah, I keep getting astronomies in here. No, I would take astronomy. Fuck. Uh, one of the ones I said. I'll reevaluate. Probably defense against the dark arts. Fuck herbology. I'm taking astronomy. If alchemy isn't a valid choice, then potions. Yeah. Again, yeah, I'm thinking of potions taught by Snape. Like, it's hard, isn't it? Like, yeah. It. Uh, yeah, I think we just... But none of the teachers are competent aside from, like, McGonagall, Flitwick. Yeah. Pretty much that. So we have to just think about it as other teachers. Yeah, because, like, History of Magic, if it was Bin's teaching, I would not take it. Yeah. That was such a great, great question. I can't believe we haven't been asked that before. I love that question. But also, like, when you look at it, there aren't that many subjects to pick from. Yeah. Like, there's really... But, like, oh, my, honestly, like... I'd fucking love it if alchemy like that'd be so great. Do you know what I find interesting about astronomy? In the books, we never hear anything that contradicts what astronomy you can learn in this world. Nothing extra is ever Mm. taught that we learn about. Yeah, that's so true. So like, isn't that just amazing that wizards teach astronomy because it's so magical? It's the same in this world as theirs. Yeah. That's fucking cool. But it's also weird because it's like in divination, there's like bits about the planet and stuff. So it's like, what is the crossover between the subjects? Because mm. that's the thing I think like I would like that's... divination for like that element of it. 
Because as astronomy is more technically about space and divination is about, yeah, how that influences predictions. Mm. Whereas astronomy, we learn about like one of, uh, like Io, Jupiter's moon yeah. being covered in ice. But then there has to surely be like a wizarding element to the astronomy, which you would think would be like it's bearing on. Maybe there isn't. I would kind of love it if there isn't a wizarding element because space is so fucking amazing. But like that it's that magical. But that's not... Like, I understand how it's magical, but it's not magic. Although I'm kind of one of these people where I'm just like... You know when people are like, oh, do you believe in, like, magic and, like... And, like, deities and stuff like that. And I'm always one of those people where I'm like... Like, the reason, like, I say that I'm an agnostic theist is because it's like... How do you define that? Like, how yeah. do you define magic? Like, is elect electricity not, you know, magic? Like, if you took someone, like... For instance, we were just talking about tribes. If you took someone from like a tribe and showed them Bluetooth, yeah, how is that, is not, that magic? not magic? Yeah, and the same thing like deities, like and and this is why I think that like a lot of like Wiccan faiths, which admittedly like steal a lot from like other faiths that kind of yeah yeah. Um, but something that's really interesting about those kind of faiths and their beliefs is that they you know a lot of them. I mean, Wiccan face, there's like a lot of different branches and stuff, but a lot of them see actually like Mother Earth and just like nature as mm. like the deity. Mm. So it's like not so much about having like some man sat in the clouds so much as being like, how on earth is like the fact that like Earth exists mm -hmm. and all of this goes on and we have the like cycle of like the seasons and all of this like that is in itself like a thing to be worshipped and like mm. a force of power. And I think that that like that element of faith is really interesting to me because I'm just like it's all about like subjective opinion of like you know what is yeah what is a deity what is magic and stuff yeah. so what should we worship what should we yeah yeah you know because to some people yeah like electronics would seem like magic it's all a matter of um perspective and also science isn't real who 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 am I to say what it is are you not god shit i'm gonna quit the podcast i thought you were god <laughs> sorry i've been misleading you this entire time i know i know i'm great but i am not actually god oh i'm leaving bye i'm sorry hannah was actually part of my cult <laughs> <laughs> she was the first member and the only member if you would like to join my cult then dial 077 <laughs> goodbye thank you for listening to today's bye <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Samuel, Ronan, Matt, Lewis, Lila, Catherine, Hannah, and Emily. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.